I, I do a lot of, I do research, a decent amount of research. I focus on post cereal and Jello. And uh, over the last six or seven years, a lot of effort in 1962 Jellos. And uh, just because there's not historical information available on that, trying to figure out what players were on what boxes and what makes those 21 so tough to find, stuff like that. And uh, I'm writing, a, I'm helping a guy, I'm writing a chapter for a book he has on the issue, but the promotion. But and I'm going back 15, 20 years ago, okay? And in your price guides, it, it, and I haven't sound, I will say I certainly haven't seen them in a few years because I got rid of all my tops and everything other than posts and jello and a few oddballs. <laughs> there's a, there's Bobby Richardson is in there. And all of a sudden in your price guides, 15, 20 years ago, he jumps up to by far the most expensive card, which is a lot of us know he's not the toughest or nor the most expensive card. And not that you would know today, but I've always wondered... <laughs> How that possibly could have happened. He's certainly a tough card in the top 21, but he was a double print. He was printed on two boxes, and there's not, a, uh, and a lot of others were too. There's just not a chance. He'll sell for a third of what some of these other cards might sell for. I just wonder, not that you can answer, just throwing it out. I can answer in a way that will probably be unsatisfactory to you, but basically, if you go back, as I said, 16 years ago, I sold the company almost in January, at least mm. years. So I oh, okay. have. Been, so any involvement at all price guide other than I'm an advisor, but basically they're now in the second ownership regime from when I sold. Uh, gotcha. And some of the same guys are there, but a, a lot of turnover. So if it happened in the last uh, 16 years, that wasn't me. <laughs> I don't know. And then if you go back 24 years is when I had my heart attack and I really mm. stepped out of day-to-day -day pricing at that point. So that's been a long time. My feeling is I can just tell you how it worked then uh, back in the day and that is that as much as possible we were trying to get comprehensive information of whatever was selling out there the problem with 62 jellos is that it's not just what is selling it's what's not even available for sale and so the scarce ones rarely even come up that really tough ones absolutely so the problem we would have in certain years and probably this is more impacting of the regimes after me that didn't have my long collecting history and experience because I, I retired. But when you get one report on sets like that, where the difficult cards are so infrequently traded, I believe the guys could have been in a situation where they had a notable sale on Bobby Richardson, but not on the other guys. And that caused him to be goosed up based on a comparable sale in the previous year that even though the other guys are tougher, uh, they, they had not come up. That's my possible explanation. They could not have ignored the fact that Bobby Richardson sold for something, but if they didn't have, I collected all this stuff and most of the guys can't are younger than you and me. So they, they weren't necessarily there telling their mom to get the jello or post. So I think it's it's difficult doing a price guide for, especially for the Jellos that they're just so infrequently traded, and you can't just do a, you it needs to have it could as you said it could it needs a book unto itself, not just one page out of a thousand page almanac. My feeling is, as I told uh, Rick uh, Johnson, is that I think sixty two Jellos snuck up on people. As a kid, I I really wasn't aware of sixty posts, the big ones. They, they mm -hmm. popped up and, and they weren't illegitimate, but they were big and they were beautiful. But I remember seeing them, but I don't remember thinking those would be part of my card collection because they weren't two and a half by three and a half. 61 posts, though, every kid knew about that. And they weren't yep. 
treated the same as cops, but they, they were, hey, mom, I want to get some post cereal, even though post cereal was probably in third place, way behind <laughs> Kellogg's and, and yep. behind Wheaties and General Mills and those kind of things. So this was an opportunity for post to jump out there. I was very aware. I remember getting the post tens with talking my mom into that, which then you got these 10 little boxes of cereal that are, some of them are no good and all that stuff. Anyway, so I remember that. Now, 62 Jell-O, Jell-O's made, but was by the same General Foods or whatever, the same company owned both. And so they right. backed on the post license. But as a kid, I just don't remember any buzz about 62 Jell-O. By 63, kids knew, hey, now we know that's coming. And they were very similar, different scarcities than the 63 post. But that's why I was telling so where, Where'd you grow up? In the Midwest. I lived in, uh, probably I was in Wheeling, West Virginia, very close okay. to Pittsburgh back in 60, 61, 62, 63. Then I moved to Texas. Okay, they, okay. You never got those boxes. That's why you didn't know about them, nor did we. They were a test set. Yeah. 62. Put out, put out, yeah. Yep. Test set put out in the Chicago. There's one gel. I have found a lot of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. In Chicago, Milwaukee, Peoria, those were the main cities in the Jello district that these things got put out. In 62, that would make a lot of sense. When I was in Ohio, when I was in Bowling Green in the 70s, I did a lot of the Chicago shows. And uh, you would occasionally, and you'd buy, cl- I bought collections over there, and they yeah. would have 62 mm-hmm. Jellos. But they, all of them were pretty tough to where you just weren't finding very many. Although when I did find them, just again, we want to talk about 61 posts today, but 62 Jello, sure. when I did find them, I found duplicates. I think kids, they'd have their flavor that they liked, and if it was a good, and, and with an emphasis on better players. Because you can see what mm-hmm. you But I couldn't, I just I was thinking also with post versus Jello, there was a whole lot more cereal consumed in my house than there was Jello. I had three sisters and a brother, but we weren't having Jello every day, but we were having cereal every day. So, uh, again, a reason why that Jell-O is, and it, like I said, 62. That would explain a lot if they were strictly a test issue. And I'm trying to figure out how yeah. could the test be that successful that they would do it 63 nationwide when 62 or maybe it's just. I think like, they were just seeing, did it improve their pro- product sales? Yeah. But uh, they're clearly tested probably. I mean, I'll tell you one more thing then. Uh, yeah. When you said you could find the uh, star players much easier than you could necessarily the more common players. What Jell-O did back in 62 is everybody was on a Jell-O box some of them on uh, less popular and, uh, but they also put them on their pudding boxes. Yeah. And while there were some common players, pretty much every star made a pudding box. Guess what? I know in our house, we ate more pudding than uh, more pudding than jello, right? Yeah. Pudding yeah. And, and that's why you would see more of the stars when you were buying them back then, yeah. they came on pudding boxes and you can tell which is which, but I'm sure that's what was happening. 